So Jesus, as we turn to the scripture today, we ask that your spirit would bring it alive in our hearts, cause it to burn in our hearts, cause us to be upgraded and further pushed into everything that you have for us, we ask God in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We have been talking over the last few times around, you know, what is God saying to us as we're coming out of this lockdown period? And what I've been hearing God say is it is time for faith to start to arise again. It's time to come out of that survival kind of blur of just getting through and just, just rolling with the punches to start positioning ourselves in a posture of advancement and increase. And in that, he, I, I, I'm hearing the Father say, it is time to reorient again toward our kingdom assignment. And we've been talking about the idea, this prophetic metaphor, that we've been in like a halftime break. And we're heading into metaphorically the second half. And as we head into the second half, the players that have been prominent in the first half may have a different role. And those who have taken a bit of a backseat or maybe have even been on the bench in the first half are gonna take really prominent roles and positions in the second half. That is God is moving the chess pieces around the board strategically to prepare to checkmate the enemy. This is exciting days to be alive, just in case you haven't realized. It really is exciting days to be alive. It's certainly not normal. It's certainly not just run of the mill, but it is exciting days to be alive. And so with that word, it is time for faith to start to build and it's time to reorient toward assignment. I want to begin in a scripture in Mark chapter 9 and verses 24 through, to, not 24, 14 through to 28. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through to 28. Let me give you a moment to get there and I'll give myself a moment to get there. This is a relatively familiar story. We have read from this many, many times. And I want to take something about this concept of faith and what is growing in our garden. Ultimately, what I want to look at is the idea of fruit, fruits and roots. Where there's fruit in our life, there is a root in our life somewhere. And let's have a look at this passage and see what it has to tell us about that. So Mark chapter 9, starting at verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? He asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I bought my son, I bought to you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. When it seizes him, it throws, throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I want to see the video on that bit because you know, Jesus is so gracious so many times and it's almost like he seems just from that reading, he seems a little bit frustrated. So when I get to heaven, I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, the video replay of that one to see what he looks like and how he says it. So they, so they bought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. 
Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, because you notice that the boy's father had said, if you can, if you can, take pity on us. Jesus says, if you can, anything is possible or everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked and convulsed him and violently came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, the disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. And depending on which version you have, it says this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. All right, this is one of those fascinating stories. Like, there's not many boring stories in the life of Jesus. Pretty much all of them are, are quite fascinating when you see Jesus at work. You've got a father coming to Jesus who is in some kind of you know, victim mindset, but understandably because this, this has been the situation with his boys since childhood. He says, but if you can do anything, take pity on us. Now, it's interesting that we see this play between I believe and help my unbelief. And I'm going to pick up on that in just a second. But the very fact that this father brought the boy to Jesus meant that there was some level of belief present. You know, if this man had no faith whatsoever, he wouldn't have bothered turning up to where Jesus was to ask Jesus to deal with his son's condition. So there was some level of belief, of faith happening. Otherwise, he wouldn't have shown up. But yet, when he comes to Jesus, he says to Jesus, if you can, if you can. It sounds like he doesn't have much belief. But like I said, the very fact that he showed up to where Jesus was says that there was some level of belief. Jesus says to him, everything is possible for one who believes. And then the boy's father says in verse 24, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Earlier on in verse, uh, where is it? Verse 19, when the father Brings him to Jesus. He says, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus says, you unbelieving generation. So Jesus immediately points to the problem. And this is the problem of unbelief. The same problem that the boy's father asks um, Jesus to help him with. The problem is unbelief. Now, when we see that word unbelief, we often equate it with a lack of something. I want to suggest today that unbelief is not actually the lack of something, that it is something of in and of itself. It is something of substance. I'll come to that in a second. But it is the most natural thing in the world for us as Christians who have a healed and whole heart to believe God. 
It is the way that we are designed. It is in our spiritual DNA. We are Christians, Christ ones, little Christs. It is in our nature, it is in our DNA to believe him. But then we have this thing called unbelief. And here's what I want to suggest to you. Unbelief is not a lack of something. So cold is actually a lack of heat in reality. Darkness is a lack of light. And so we often think of unbelief as a lack of belief. And depending on which version you're reading, Mark chapter 9 in, it says, it may say, you faithless generation. But many translations translate this as unbelief rather than faithless or lack of faith. Now, the Greek word there, it's the word apistos, which sounds really interesting. A-P-I-S-T-O-S. It sounds really interesting to say, um, but the Greeks think a little bit differently to what we do. And it means unbelief. Pistos means faith or belief. Apistos means unbelief or not a lack of it, but the presence of something else. Now, what do I mean by that? Unbelief is a thing. It's a thing. of It has substance. And what it is, is faith in an inferior kingdom. This is something that we have to get. Unbelief is not a lack of faith. It is faith in an inferior kingdom. Now, going back to that father, the father of the boy, he says, I do believe, help my unbelief. This seems like a contradiction. What's going on? What is going on is that this father has more than one tree growing in his garden. Now, if you go around our garden, actually, it's a little better right now because I did some weeding yesterday. Quite often, you will see a tree growing and you may also see other things growing in our garden as well. And yesterday, I managed to pull out some fairly substantial weeds that had been left there to, uh, to just grow and suck up all the nutrients in the soil uh, for a period of time through winter. And we figured, you know, they were getting of such a size right now that I probably should pull them out. So late yesterday, I went in and I pulled them out and they were, they were quite substantial and they were bearing fruit. Now, the presence of the weeds in that garden didn't mean that there was no tree there. There was actually more than one thing in my garden. There was the presence of the healthy tree and there was the presence of the weeds. So when this boy's father says, I believe, help my unbelief, what he's saying is, I've got two trees growing in my garden. One is faith in the kingdom realm, faith in Jesus and who he is and his ability to do what he says he could do. And that's why he showed up that day. But he also had another tree growing in his garden and that tree was called unbelief. Those trees were both growing in his garden and they were competing for attention. They were competing for resources. What we need to understand is that Unbelief is not the absence of something, it's the presence of something. It is a weed in your garden. You have in your garden one tree that is full of faith, that finds it easy to believe God and wants to bear fruit along with that it's, and finds it the, most, the easiest thing in the world to believe. And you have another tree in your garden that bears fruit in another direction. That means we have competition in our garden. 
Now, while there's truth to the idea, you've heard the idea of, yeah, I've got two natures, you know, which one wins, the one I feed? And there is absolutely an element of truth to that. What, what I feed will tend to win. But here's the thing about weeds. Weeds grow off the same nutrients that the tree grows off. And so the way to effectively deal with a weed is not just to feed the tree. The way to deal with the weed is to pull it out by the root. Now, the sorts of questions that we have been asking over the last few weeks, like it's time for faith to start to build again, like it's time to reorient toward assignment. When we're asking questions around that, around that and poking around in that area, the fruit of other trees in our garden will start to show up. They will start to become manifest, if you like. Their fruit will start to show up. So, for example, let me give you some ideas of some things that, that are there in our life when questions like, it's time to reorient toward assignment, it's time for faith to start to build. When stuff comes up like, you know, I can never seem to find or connect to my true purpose. I just tend to go through life. You know, I earn an income to put food on the table for me, my family. Um, and I'm just kind of going through the motions and surviving. And then that just rinse and repeats week after week, month after month, year after year. And I can't seem to find or to connect to my true purpose. That is a piece of fruit. And that fruit has a root. The roots are the bit below the ground that you can't see, that when you cut off the roots, it gets rid of that, that tree's ability to feed and that thing dies. So that, I can never seem to connect to my purpose. I can, I just, I don't know what I'm about. Um, I don't know what I'm called to do. When that is a continual thing that never ever gets dealt with and I go through most of my adult life feeling that way, that is a piece of fruit. Our job is to go back and find out what the root of that tree growing in our garden is. Because you do have a tree growing in your garden that's full of purpose and full of life and finds it easy to believe God. That's not your problem. The problem isn't the lack of that. The problem is the presence of another tree growing in your garden. And the fruit of that is around doubt, around insecurity and around lack. Another piece of fruit. Um, significant relationships seem to elude me. Um, or maybe significant relationships begin and then they are bought because of dysfunction um, or they tend to fall apart. And again, this is a repeating pattern in my life. That is a piece of fruit. What we want to do is find out what is the root of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is slightly comical, but if you ever find yourself in a situation where you think, you know what, everybody in my life is an absolute idiot. <laughs> Everyone in my life, all these different people, they're not even connected to each other and they're all idiots. You know, I, I'm, I'm obviously talking about someone else. I've never, ever had these thoughts myself. But when you realize that the only thing in common between all of those people that I think are idiots is my presence in their life. That's the only consistent thing. I start to go, hmm, maybe the root of that feeling actually isn't there. Maybe it's something to do with what's going on with me. So when I consistently have relationships in my life that tend to fall apart um, or, or to get dysfunctional, 
that is a piece of fruit. And our job, Sandra Selma Kirsten says like, oh, that's interesting fruit. Hmm. I wonder what the root of that could be. Another piece of fruit, yet no one sees me or understands me. I struggle to fit in. I seem to be overlooked. I seem to be unnoticed. We talked about this a whole lot um, in months gone by when we talked about the spirit of rejection. That whole thing of no one sees me or nobody gets me, that is a piece of fruit because it's my job to make myself known. And so that no one sees me, I'm always overlooked, that is a piece of fruit in the spiritual realm. And my job is to go, hmm, that's interesting fruit. I wonder what the root of that could be. Now, in all of this, one of the things that we don't do is judge or condemn either my fruit or the fruit of someone else. What we want to do is go, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what the root of that could be. Financial calamity or blockage, just continually being in that that, that place where I can't seem to push through and I only just have enough or I barely just have enough. That is a piece of fruit. And my job is to go, hmm, that's interesting fruit. I wonder what the root of that could be. Likewise, feeling constantly drained by life. Like, so we just said financially, I only, or I barely have it. I only just have enough or I barely have enough. Emotionally, I only just, or I barely have enough. That is a piece of fruit. All of that is fruit. So here's the deal. Whenever my life is producing or whenever I consistently experience things that are less than what scripture promises for my life, that is fruit. It is evidence that there is another tree growing in my garden. It doesn't negate the presence of faith and the presence of Jesus, the presence of that healthy tree in my garden. But it does mean there is another tree in my garden that is competing for attention. Whenever I continually, over and over again, experience fruit in my life that is less than what Scripture promises me, that is evidence of a weed in my garden. And my job is to go, hmm, that's interesting fruit. That seems like a weed. Jesus Let's you and me have a conversation. What? What's that the root of that? Where did that come from? Where did that seed get planted in my garden and begin to grow? There is so much in here that this talks about and promises our life. Like greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That's a pretty epic promise. There's promises of provision. There's promises of power. There's promises of breakthrough and healing. Second Peter chapter 1, it's one of my favorite chapters. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything. His divine power has given us everything that we need. And if we are experiencing anything less than that, there is a weed growing in our garden that is bearing fruit and is competing for the nutrients in the soil of our garden. And our job is to sit with Jesus and to find out what that root is. To hear his voice and to cooperate with him to get that thing pulled up and tossed away. Yeah, Jesus talked about 
laying the ax to the root of the tree. What we don't want to be in the habit of is just trimming bad fruit off our life. Jesus does pruning. We know about that from John chapter 15. But when Jesus does pruning, that, that is very different to us just simply doing symptom management or fruit management in our life where we try and push away or push through or suppress bad fruit. And if all we do is cut off bad fruit, I don't know if you know, like I'm not the world's best gardener, but one of the things I know is when you prune something, it grows back way bigger the next season. So if all I do is try and prune the fruit, if I try and behaviorally manage the fruit of those weeds, what I'm going to do is grow a bumper crop next season. So these are the things that need to be pulled out from the root. But here's the bit. Here's the thing. Our struggles in any of those areas that I've mentioned, and you may have some of your own, we all do. These are not evidence of a lack of a good spiritual tree in your garden. That's the good news. You actually have that. It's evidence that there's another tree growing there as well. And what we want to do is find out what that tree is and pull that sucker out from the root. Now, there's something that's been happening that I have noticed over the last little while over the last few months, and that is this, dreams, as in dreams in the night, as in while you're asleep, those kind of dreams. Dreams are on the increase. I've experienced a a fairly significant increase in my dream life over the last few months. And admittedly, I have um, kind of deliberately stepped into that, but I've also noticed, it's not just me, that there are other people that are having significant dreams. And... What I'm seeing happening is that God is giving people dreams that are helping them point to the root of, of, of the root of the weeds in their garden. And I'm seeing scenarios where, where people are, are, have come to me with different scenes in a dream, you know, three or four scenes in one dream. And each of those just goes through bit by bit. Here's the core. Here's the next bit. Here's the promise of Jesus. And here's what he's saying. In other words, Jesus is really active right now of revealing the presence of these trees and the roots of them so that we can pull them out for the root, from the root. So one of the key activations that I'm talking about from today is I want you to pay attention to your dream world like you haven't before. Because if we don't understand, A, that God does speak to us in dreams, and B, we don't understand the language that God uses in dreams, we will often miss what he is saying to us, and we will, as a result, let these trees continue to grow in our garden when God is actually giving us the keys to see them uprooted. So I want to say to you, pay attention to your dreams because God is giving you dreams that are pointing out core roots. And if it hasn't been happening already, I'm going to pray before we land this and you're going to start having some more clear dreams in the night that are going to give you revelation of the pieces in your heart that God wants to touch and minister to so that you are positioned and ready for the second half and ready to run on and absolutely kick some goals. I was going to say kick butt, but kick goals, both of those things. So let me just ask, there are a few kinds of dreams that that can be relatively common that contain symbols and metaphors in them that are pointing to something that may awaken you to the fact that God has already been speaking to you and you may not be aware. So have you been having dreams about being back at school again? 
You know, it might be back at primary school, it might be back at high school, it might be back at university. That is a very common dream and a very common symbol about God having you in a place of training and preparation ready for advancement. And if you take note of the context of that dream and the content of your dream, it could well have some keys in there that God is showing you to help you advance. This is an interesting one. Are you having dreams about going to the bathroom and perhaps going to the bathroom in public? While that may sound like, whoa, awkward, that is very often a kingdom dream that has a meaning to it that is incredibly significant. And when bathrooms show up in dreams, it is a sign that there's something that needs to be taken care of. And if you're doing that in public, it's not a bad sign. It's actually a sign that you are the sort of person that is open and willing to be vulnerable. And you will probably be able to process that stuff in the presence of, of other people. But um, going to the bathroom, <laughs> hilarious one is, um, no, actually, I'll leave that one alone. Um, maybe you've dreamt about the house that you grew up in or one of the houses that you grew up in. Um, maybe you're dreaming about close relatives that are no longer alive. All of those are very common kingdom symbols that God uses when he is speaking. Snakes or crocodiles often reveal lies, deceptions or twistings. Uh, that God is wanting to reveal to you? Um, are you dreaming about famous or well-known people? Are they showing up in your dream in some way? And quite often we think, oh, I had a dream about this, this famous person. Maybe something's going to happen. Most of the time, the things that we dream are about us rather than about the people we dream about. And what we need to ask is, what does that person represent? Or what is it about that person? There's a certain attribute of that person that is significant, that God is using the metaphor or the symbol of them to speak to. If you dream about significant prophetic people in your dream, that is often a metaphor for the voice of the Holy Spirit to you. And so pay real attention to what that person says. Are you dreaming, uh, have you dreamt about losing your wallet or your phone or your keys? All of those are really significant dreams that have kingdom meaning. Are there continual colors that are repeating in your dreams? They are also things that are kingdom symbols. Are you dreaming in bright, vivid color? That is a, a significant sign that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. The thing about dreams, and this is actually true of the, the language of the Holy Spirit. We want God to speak to us in clear, plain English. But Proverbs says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It is the glory of kings to search it out. So God is not speaking to you in metaphors and symbols and sometimes similes to hide his truth from you to set you up to fail. He is actually bringing you into this kingly relationship to help you to search out the mysteries of the kingdom and to unravel um, to unravel his purposes and his plans in your life. And because dreams contain significant emotions often, they awaken us and alert us to pay attention to something. So the more that we learn the language of the kingdom, the language of God, the language of dreams, the language of symbol, metaphor, simile, the more that we learn that language, 
the better we will understand what the Father is trying to say to us in this day and in this hour. If we ignore it, we risk missing the Father's prompting and we risk continuing to struggle unnecessarily because those symbols, those metaphors are meant to draw us into his presence to seek him out. Remember, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter. It is the glory of kings to search us out. He is calling us into our kingly anointing as kings in the kingdom of God to search out these matters, to hear and to understand his voice so that we are positioned for increase and advancement. Okay. So here's the thing. If you dream, I want to encourage you, write them down. Especially if you have a dream where you kind of wake up suddenly out of it and you remember it really, really clearly. While you're there, you know, keep a notepad behind, beside your bed or use the voice recorder on your phone or something. But keep a record of them because these dreams often contain significant directions from the Father that are setting you up for advancement, that are setting you up for increase and are setting you up for healing and wholeness. Okay, let's bring this into land. So let me sum this up. Where are you experiencing fruit in your life? Where are you experiencing stuff in your life that is less than what scripture promises you? Because that is fruit. And when we continually have that same fruit on repeat and we don't seem to advance, we don't seem to increase, that is fruit. And God is wanting to show us the root of that so that we can put the ax to it. There are things that I've experienced in my life where God has, even in recent years, shown me that goes back to a decision you made all the way back there. You made a decision all the way back there because of stuff that was going on in, in the rest of your family. You made a decision, I'll be okay, I'll just look after myself. And then I find myself complaining, man, no one ever jumps in to help me. Well, that was actually fruit. And the root going back was, I made a vow, you got a lot going on, I will look after myself. And as a result, I, by faith, attract that to me, situations where I just have to look after myself and look out for myself. And then I went and complained about it. But that was a piece of fruit. It had a root. God's showing me the root so that we can pull it out from the root. So where are you experiencing stuff in your life that is less than what Scripture promises you? That's fruit whether it's relational, financial, circumstantial, career, destiny, calling, clarity, purpose, wherever that is, that's fruit. Our job is to find the root. And don't just go kind of, you know, in our head searching it out. Sit with Jesus. Sit with trusted prophetic people. Talk that through because Jesus wants to bring you the answer. The problem is not that you lack something. The problem is you've got two trees in your garden. You've got a tree that's full of faith and you've got a tree like that father called unbelief or a tree called rejection or a tree called insecurity or a tree called fear or a tree called orphan, um, independence. The problem isn't the lack of something in your life. The problem is the presence of competing stuff in your life. 
And the father wants to pull out the competing stuff so that that one tree remains and that tree will bear fruit naturally for the kingdom. So that's the first part. Where are you experiencing stuff in your life that is less than what scripture promises? That's fruit. It's time to find the root so that you can be positioned ready for the second half to be deployed on mission, on assignment for kingdom increase. The second part is God is increasing the revelation of both core roots and next steps in kingdom assignments through dreams in the night. Pay attention. Please pay attention. Write them down. Not every dream is God. Josh just said, I dreamt about ice cream last night. Well, that's probably because you've eaten too much of it of late. Some dreams are just my soul processing stuff. Not every dream is God. But when certain symbols show up, and especially when they show up repeatedly, when I have dreams that keep, that see, or themes in dreams that keep reoccurring, that is often the voice of God speaking to you because he wants to establish your day, but he establishes your day in the night. He wants to establish your walk forward, but he's doing it by speaking to you in the night. So pay attention, write them down, and do something to get the interpretation for that. Whether it's sit and listen to the Father and ask him to teach you, whether it's to read some stuff, whether it's to come to one of us you know, and to some of our prophetic people and submit that dream. Uh, among our intercession tr- um, team, a number of people have been having really significant dreams and we've been bringing them together and praying through them as a group and really asking God to, to reveal the meaning of that because these are all dreams that are helping us navigate the way forward and they're really significant. So I'm experiencing stuff that is less than what scripture promises. That's fruit. We need to find the root. And God is revealing both core roots and next kingdom steps through dreams in this season. Pay attention to your dream world. Write them down. Seek God or ask for help for the interpretation because they are going to give you keys for the way forward. Right now, I want to pray for us. And particularly, I want to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest upon all of us. We are not meant to do this without the Holy Spirit revealing truth to us, revealing stuff to us. It is the greatest unfair advantage of all that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And he is the spirit of truth and he knows all things. He searches all things, Corinthians says. So having him inside us gives us access to a realm of revelation that gives us an unfair advantage that allows us to bring in the realm of the kingdom. And so I want to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest on us all and an ability to recognize when he is talking. Even if we don't understand what he's saying, if we recognize that he's talking, we can go and get help from someone else to help interpret what he's saying. So let me pray for us all right now. Father, In the name of Jesus, I want to thank you that you are speaking to us. I want to thank you that in Scripture you promise us so much. You promise a life of breakthrough and victory. We know it's not without trouble. We know it's not without persecution and difficulty. But in all those things, we are more than conquerors. God, you you have put a spirit of adoption upon us that we may connect to you and to each other deeply and feel deeply loved and in a place of deep belonging. You have promised us not only provision, but abundance in our material, in our financial world, so that we are 
empowered for every good work so that we don't have to consult the bank account to know what the will of God is. God, you have promised us prosperity of soul where we have an abundance of life and an abundance of energy, more than enough for ourselves so that we've got plenty to give away. And God, anywhere where where we are experiencing less than what scripture promises, God, we ask your wisdom and revelation to come upon us, that you would awaken us to the presence of a different tree in our garden that you would show us really clearly what is that tree and what the roots of, those, of that tree is so that we can pull it up with your help and with your power, that we can pull it up from the root. God, I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to be upon all of us. God, I bless our dreams in the night. I bless our sleep in the night, that our sleep would be sweet. But God, I release in Jesus' name dreams and encounters with your presence in the night as we sleep that would bring clarity to areas of healing, that would bring clarity to core roots of fruit that we've Maybe we've got so used to it, we think it's normal, but you're wanting to go, no, if it's less than scripture promised, it's not normal. And you're wanting to reveal the root of that to us, God. We say yes to that. So just right now, I just encourage you, just in your heart, even out your mouth, just go, I say yes to that spirit of wisdom and revelation. I say yes to increase in dreams. I say yes, Father, to you speaking to me in the night and revealing the way ahead, revealing the next steps, revealing the roots that you want to deal with. Father, let that spirit of wisdom and revelation rest heavily upon each one of us in the name of Jesus, that at the very least we would recognize that you're talking to us and God, that you would bring us around the right people, the right prophetic voices that would help us to interpret and understand what it is that you are saying. God, thank you that you treat us like kings. You say it is the glory of God to conceal our matter and the glory of kings to search it out. God, we want to be kings in your kingdom where we search out what you are saying to us that we mine your revelation for all that it's worth. And as a result, we see the kingdom continually increase in us and through us. God, forgive us for just accepting fruit that is less than what scripture promises as normal. We just say it is not normal, that the most normal thing in the world is to bear fruit according to what scripture says. We say that is normal. We declare that Jesus was the most normal Christian who ever walked the earth because he only had one tree growing in his garden. That is our portion. That is our, inherit- that is our inheritance. That is our role model. Father, let that spirit of wisdom and revelation rest heavily upon us. We just break the familiarity of, of fruit that is not of the tree of your kingdom. And we break any agreement with that being normal just because we've become used to it where we've gone, well, maybe that's, maybe that's all there is. Maybe my expectation's too high. Yeah, no, I never see anywhere in Scripture Jesus saying, I'm sorry, your expectation's too high. How about you lower it? He always says, anything is possible for those who believe. That's what he says. So Jesus, I just bless everyone within the sound of my voice right now, and I speak increase to dreams in the night. I speak increase to revelation. I I speak increase to the awareness of your voice and your leading so that we might be positioned for faith to arise, to be positioned for our kingdom assignment in the second half 
so that we might take territory, that we might see hearts healed, that we might see lives restored, that we might see families that are broken and messed up restored and coming into wholeness. God, where, where generational cycles of poverty and brokenness would be busted and new generational cycles of life and increasing life would be established. God, do it in us and overflow it onto the community around us. God, that, that the community around us would be so thankful for the presence of our church in its community because the fruit that is bearing in this community is life upon life upon life. Father, we bless you and I want to bless all of our gang, all of our family, everyone within the sound of my voice. And I just pray an increase of your presence, of your power and of your love upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.